Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Whether you're a longtime patient or you're just getting acquainted with this incredible plant, Cureleaf of Pennsylvania is honored to guide you along your medical marijuana journey. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. This is the Blue White Breakdown, the premier podcast for all things Penn State football. Talk about culture. It's something that should show up in every aspect of your program. It's the Blue White Breakdown, brought to you by Penn Live. Here are your hosts, Bob Flounders and Johnny McGonigal. Okay, Penn State football fans, you know what day it is. It's Penn State signing day. Johnny McGonigal, Bob Flounders. Johnny, it's been a very, very busy past couple of weeks, months for you, actually, but especially with recruiting lately, Penn State signed a great class, it looks like, by all accounts. We're going to hear from James Franklin and his assistants a little bit later in the day up in State College, but let's go to you first. What's your biggest maybe takeaway for this class? What stood out to you? Yeah, Bob, look, a lot stood out, and we're recording this here just before noon on Wednesday, before you head up to State College and, uh, you know, talk to Franklin and those you know coaches about this class that they've worked months, even up to a year and more uh, to put this whole thing together. And it is relatively gone. Pre- it's gone pretty smoothly, uh, which is what James Franklin wants to see. It's what his you know, staff wants to see. And they were able to pull, pull in a lot of really good talent, you know, not only just in Pennsylvania, but across the country in the South. The top two guys that I look at and the you know, top two guys ranked in this class and something that we're not necessarily used to seeing is the offensive line. And, and you know, Javen Williams and Alex uh, Birchmeyer, uh, five star uh, for for Williams, who's you know, James Franklin's first five star offensive lineman uh, and only the seventh five star you know, from Pennsylvania that Penn State has gotten uh, since 24-7 started keeping track of those uh, numbers, I think, in the early 2000s. Uh, so he's a key signing for this Penn State program. He didn't go elsewhere. He's staying in state. The Y missing star is not going anywhere. And then Birchmeyer as well is a big ad uh, from uh, Virginia. And so that's where you kind of have to start. Everything starts up front. James Franklin says that all the time. Uh, and this is a this is a unit that under Phil Troutwine is you know starting to round into form. We see Olu Fashionu coming back next season. You, know, you see uh, Landon Tangwall playing out from the 2021 class and. Drew Shelton getting playing time from 2022. Uh, so, you know, things are looking up for Penn State's offensive line. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just looking at the class, Penn State continues, much to Brent Pry's dismay, to do some great things in the state of Virginia. The offensive lineman you ref- referenced, Alex Birchmeyer, you know, a top 50 kid nationally. A lot of people think he was the best player in the state of Virginia. You know, the, it's not like the Cavaliers. And the Hokies have had like a lot of success in recent years. But, you know, the last few years, they kind of just kind of dominated that state. Um, and that's a really fertile recruiting ground. And they've been able to do it again. Yeah, that's huge for Penn State to get into not only get into Virginia, but to have a lot of success there. Because 
Brent Pry is a really good recruiter. You know, Virginia Tech hasn't had that kind of success, uh, you know, first year under Brent Pry and then prior with uh, Justin Fuente. Uh, but even you look across it uh, at uh, Virginia and the Cavaliers and Tony Elliott, uh, former Clemson offensive coordinator, is also a good recruiter. And the fact that Penn State went into Virginia and got six of their top 10 prospects, I mean, that's huge. It's not just Birchmeyer either. Tony Roas, who was named the you know, All-Met Player of the Year in the, in the, by the Washington Post, uh, was a tremendous running back in high school, but he's coming to play linebacker. And he's the kind of guy who, like Abdul Carter, could play right away and, and get snaps on this Manny Diaz defense. Uh, and so you look at him, Matthias Barnwell, Mega Barnwell. He was announced as a tight end. Uh, by Penn State, but he's got the size and frame to put on some you know, more weight and potentially get on the offensive line. Kavion Keys was a huge add to this class recently. Uh, you know, there were four guys who committed and ultimately signed with this Penn State class in the last week. Uh, Kavion Keys being the biggest of the four, in my opinion. Uh, he was previously committed to North Carolina, another four-star linebacker. And so with Keys, Roas, and then Tamir Robinson from the Pittsburgh area. You've got three four-star linebackers joining this class. I already mentioned Abdul Carter in the fold. That linebacker you position, it's it's uh, it's looking really good um, for this Penn State program. You know, not just in 2023, but down the line in 24 and 25. I did a little math. Uh, I was pretty good at it when I was in elementary school. Uh, by my count, Johnny, uh, depending on which service you follow, I think Penn State in its class. Signed 15 four stars and one five star, you know, the, the, the offensive lineman at the top of the class. That, that's a lot of uh, impressive talent. I think even for a Penn State class, they've recruited very well. But I mean, a, a lot of these kids were coveted kids. And I often think it speaks to uh, the tenacious job that James Franklin and his staff have done. And, you know, when they first got here, it was, hey, some four stars sprinkled in with some three stars. Every once in a while, they'd, they'd, hit, they'd land a high four-star. But now, this is kind of the norm. And that's just it seems to me that's a really nice number of four-stars that go with a five-star. Yeah, and you know, you mentioned that tenacity that this Penn State staff has had. It's, it's been both ends. It's been keeping guys you know, committed to this 2023 class, and it's been getting those late ads. I mentioned Kavion Keys, uh, Cameron Wallace, a three-star running back uh, from Georgia, committing only a couple days ago. Uh, even last week, you have uh, Joseph Mapoye and Mason Robinson, the defensive uh, linemen who were added to this class as well. I know we talked about them briefly last week, but uh, to, to be able to get all across the country uh, and really from from West Coast, East Coast, North, South, uh, and to be able to get these kids signed and delivered, you know, from a week ago, and then also hold on to really most of the guys. And I say most of the guys because we're still waiting. On, on a few players who are verbally committed to Penn State to uh, make it official. Uh, the one to keep an eye on, and again, this might be outdated by the time someone listens to this, so apologies if that's the case, but Conrad Hussey, um, who is a safety from Florida, you know, he's verbally committed to Penn State, four-star, uh, but he apparently is making his decision later tonight uh, between Penn State and Miami and Florida State and, you know, he visited Florida State, Miami the last two weekends, so we'll see on that. But uh, that's really the only concern uh, for Penn State in this class. Everything else went pretty smoothly. Uh, there was a little intrigue uh, early uh, Wednesday morning. There was a possibility. I think Penn State could add a really quality player from the state of Georgia. Didn't work out. Were you surprised that the the kid stayed at home? Not necessarily. Daniel Harris, uh, four-star corner 
from Miami. Uh, you know, he was hounded by SEC schools throughout his process. He was previously committed uh, to Georgia, um, committed there uh, back in July, decommitted in early November. And at that point, he became a top priority uh, for Penn State and James Franklin. And to add him to that secondary, to that corner room, uh, would have been a really nice add. But he ultimately decided to go back to Georgia, sign with Kirby Smart and the Bulldogs. And you can't really blame a kid for for going with uh, staying, one staying in the South, staying in his region, but also going with the defending national title uh, winners. And so, you know, Daniel Harris not coming to Penn State, but yeah, this is still a good group um, for the Nittany Lions. And you know, mentioned Conrad Hussey, you know, at safety, he's one that's still kind of outstanding at this point. But you know, Elliot Washington is a name that you know, former Alabama commit. You know, his dad played basketball at Alabama, uh, and for Penn State to get him over the line and not have any you know, seeds of doubt, you know, drip in there. And uh, so he signed, sealed, delivered King Mac as well, uh, which is just a phenomenal name. Uh, <laughs> just going off names here. King, I think you want King Mac uh, in your secondary, uh, you know, from St. Thomas Aquinas, uh, teammates with Conrad Hussey. So we'll see if that relationship uh, pays dividends in the end. But uh, this is just a really good class. Lamont Payne as well from the Pittsburgh area, uh, Chartier's Valley. Marcus Allen was the one that announced his uh, signing. You know, they do the whole signing NFL draft kind of scenario thing uh, at the Penn State at the at the Lash building. Uh, so it was interesting to see who was announcing who and all that kind of stuff. So uh, but really, I think really strong defensive class. I mean, the vast majority of these four star guys are on the defensive side of the ball. You know, when you have Manny Diaz, you know, assuming he's back as defensive coordinator uh, for next year and, and the, you know, the culture uh, that they're developing and have continued to develop on that side of the ball. You really like where Penn State's defense is. A lot of talk about the 2023 offense with Aller and Singleton and Catron. A lot to like with this defense moving forward. Yeah, and obviously they're probably they're definitely going to add some talent in the transfer portal, and you kind of have to factor that in. I think a little bit when you when you when you look at this signing day because I know they're going to be more experienced players that are probably going to be more ready for action. But as we saw last year. There were a lot of there were a lot of first year players that made significant impacts for Penn State, and there's no reason to believe it can't happen again. When you look at Penn State's needs going into maybe signing day, and you said there, there there really weren't any surprises, do you think they accomplished everything they needed to? Is there any position I can guess a couple of them? I'm sure the fan base can too. Is there is there any position where you feel like they could be? just a little bit short or do you think they, 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 they covered all their bases? I think two positions. Uh, the one big one we've talked about before is wide receiver and they only have one wide receiver in this 2023 recruiting class, Carmelo Taylor, who is a super talented guy. And uh, we talk about who was announcing who, you know, they always bring back former players to announce these signings. And it was KJ Hamler who announced Carmelo Taylor and they're kind of the same build. Uh, Taylor is, you know, I think around 160, 165 uh, pounds, and he's a speedy guy. You know, test defense is deep. And so he's a nice add. Penn State, though, I think they feel pretty good with where they're at from a young wide receiver standpoint. They brought in five wide outs in the 2022 class. They are hitting the portal hard. They are going after a lot of guys, extending a lot of offers, more than you might expect program of Penn State standing, but it's it's necessary, they feel, to get a lot, you know, get some experience in there uh, and hopefully sign maybe more than one, um, you know, experienced wide receiver uh, from the transfer portal. The other position would be tackle. 
And I say that because Williams, I think he's more of a guard. I think, you know, he can play tackle. Uh, Birchmeyer is an interior guy. Uh, Anthony Donka as well. Thir- you know, three-star lineman is interior. From the portal, I think, you know, tackle might be another uh, spot that they go after. But again, Bash New back, Drew Shelton getting a lot of experience. Landon Tengwall, if you really needed him to, could probably bounce out to tackle. Uh, so I think they're at an okay spot there. Top end talent, very good spot, um, you know, in 2023. But looking down the line, uh, perhaps they'll go into the portal and try and find a younger tackle uh, who has some experience already at the Power 5 level, but has more than just one year of experience or one year of eligibility. This is the Blue White Breakdown. Welcome to Cureleaf, a medical marijuana dispensary. Everyone's journey is different. And we are honored to guide you to the best relationship with this incredible plant. Have questions? Google Cureleaf PA or stop by one of our 18 locations across the Commonwealth. Johnny, let me ask you about the position all the Penn State fans always want to know about no matter what. And it's never going to change. It's quarterback. Penn State's got obviously Drew Aller, you know, a healthy Drew Aller ready to go in 2023. Bo Prabula behind him. Christian Veyu has found a new home, and it is uh, a program you know well. Pat Narduzzi's Pittsburgh Panthers, he's, I, I believe he is, he is now a Panther. But if you look, if you look at that roster um, w- with Sean Clifford kind of moving on, you know, they added, a, they added a kid, Jackson Smolik, from Iowa. What can, what can you tell the fans about this recruitment? How did it come together? It's rare to see Penn State going to the state of Iowa for any player, much less a quarterback. Is there any anything you can share about him, and how do you feel about that depth chart uh, just kind of moving forward in 2023? Yeah, quarterback's an interesting spot right now for Penn State, and you mentioned Christian Veyer transferring. Uh, you know, we kind of figured that he would that he would transfer out. You know, just given the writing on the wall, you know, he entered the 2022 offseason as the presumed backup be, behind Sean Clifford, and then you know, five star Drew Aller comes in and. And he looks the part and he takes that backup job relegating to Veyer to more of a third string role. And I actually like the move for him to go to Pitt. You know, you don't see the Penn State to Pitt. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, John Patrician did it a few years back, but he's even he was a Pittsburgh native. So Veyer from Canada is, doesn't necessarily have that Steel City tie or anything. But uh, I think he'll have a better chance of getting on the field there. Uh, Phil Dracovic, uh, Boston College transfer coming in for Pitt this year with one year of eligibility left. And then after that, it should be open uh, for Veyer to go ahead and try and snatch that uh, starting job. And, you know, Dracovic even has injury history. So uh, I like the move for Veyer. Totally understand it. Get it. And, uh, you know, I think a lot of his teammates uh, have his back as well. But, you know, without him in the picture, without Sean Clifford in the picture, Aller, the presumed starter, you've got Bo Perbula, who, uh, has drawn a lot of praise uh, you know, for the, how he's handled himself and how he's developed uh, throughout his first year in the program. And then Jackson Smolik from Iowa, like you mentioned, totally not not normal for Penn State to go into Iowa to get a three-star quarterback. But this is a kid who was committed to uh, Tulane, uh, and then you know was a late add to the Elite 11 uh, competition and really performed well there. And at that point, drew uh, offers from Penn State and Cal and, and went with Penn State. And you know he was on campus for the first time uh, for the whiteout, he committed before even visiting Penn state, uh, for a game. And, you know, he was able to meet trace McSorley there and was talking about how that was such a cool experience for him. And look, he's not a guy that's going to come in and, 
you know, could you know push Drew Aller for the starting job in 2023. Uh, expect him to redshirt, uh, but he is someone who will be competing with uh, Bo Perbula for you know the job in say 2025 or 2026. You know, we're looking way down the line at this point, but you also just need scholarship quarterbacks on your roster. And when Veyer left and you know Clifford's out of eligibility. You, you have to have a third guy, if not a fourth guy. We'll see if they go to the portal and add someone, but it doesn't seem likely because uh, it's kind of a tough sell for Penn State to to go to a kid uh, in the portal and say, hey, come here when you know they seem pretty set for now and in the future at the quarterback position. All right, let's let's look at uh let's look at running back. James Franklin seems it's it sure sounds to me like James Franklin is confident that Kevon Lee not only has a chance to play in the Rose Bowl, he has he has not really played since the first half of the season with an undisclosed injury. But just trying to read James's uh, comments, it almost sounds like he feels pretty good about Kevon Lee coming back in 2023. I don't want to put words in James's mouth, but if in the event that wouldn't happen, you know, Penn State's running back room is not only young, it's talented, but it's it's not that deep without without Kevon. London Montgomery is an in-state kid that I think is coming off a pretty significant injury. And listening to some of your comments at the start of this podcast, you think that there is another running back in this class that maybe doesn't have the running back designation. He, he might be an athlete, but um, what do you make of the running back room and how maybe this class can impact it? Yeah, Penn State's running back room was put in kind of a tough spot, you know, earlier in the season. You know, we saw Keziah Holmes. Uh, former four-star, uh, he ended up leaving right before the season uh, during training camp, and, and he left the team into the portal. In I believe it was October, you saw you know, Devin uh, Devin Ford as well left the program, and so at that point, Penn State was left with Nick Singleton uh, and Katron Allen as the only scholarship running backs that were healthy because Kevon Lee had been dealing with injury really throughout the entire season. I mean, he was available for the first few weeks of the year. And, but I think at this point, he's only had 25 carries uh, for 90 or 100 yards or so, uh, which, you know, I guess that that what's to be expected when uh, on the surface level, when you look at it and see guys as talented as Singleton and, and Allen. But uh, if Kevon is back next year, that would be great. Penn State would love to have an experienced guy like that uh, to turn to whenever they need to. If he enters the portal, I think this was kind of the thinking behind getting a second running back uh, in this class, Cameron Wallace, uh, he was announced as a running back, uh, you know, today. And, and that's expected that that's, you know, where he's expected to play a necessary pickup for Penn State and, and a guy that, uh, you know, I, I think was a little under the radar, overlooked uh, coming out of the state of Georgia. But we see players come out of the south who were overlooked. There's just so many players sometimes down in those states that uh, that they really get overlooked. And I think he's one that could be special and and has the speed and athleticism and, and everything you kind of want. Uh, in a freshman that even he he could contribute as a return man uh, early on in his Penn State career. Yeah, and, and and is London Montgomery, the kid from the Scranton area, how far along is he with regard to, I know that he had, I think, a pretty significant injury. Have you heard any updates on him? Well, so I talked to London. This was back in early September. He suffered a, a torn ACL uh, before his senior season started. Uh, was deemed out for the year, but he had surgery uh, pretty quickly after the injury and started rehabbing. And he he has the right mindset. I remember that conversation from back in September. It was I was really impressed with just his mentality and and the way that he is attacking this rehab. And so ACLs are different with everyone. I, I feel like in especially different positions and different players, it's kind of sometimes it can be finicky, but 
you know, at the same time, some guys come back from ACLs better than ever. And, and this is a situation where we'll just have to kind of wait and see on what London Montgomery will bring to this Penn State program from an immediate standpoint, but from a, the very least a long-term standpoint, he is a talented guy. And he also watches and, and has watched, you know, Pennsylvania running backs go on and have success at Penn State. You know, it's not just Nick Singleton, you know, Journey Brown was someone he looked up to a lot. Miles Sanders, obviously Saquon Barkley. So, you know, London Montgomery's trying to become the next in line following their footsteps. Yeah, I, he's the talent to do so. He's the pedigree to do so. But, you know, with that injury, you know, if you're Penn State staff, uh, you probably f- would feel more comfortable bringing in another running back with, you know, Kevon Lee's uh, future seemingly unclear. You mentioned Manny Diaz and kind of all the things he did and all the all the interesting schemes that he used this year, the, the seven DB scheme uh, that that really kind of founded some teams early in the season. But I bring it up because there's a there's a lot of players that are listed as safeties in this recruiting class, but they're they're different kind of body types. And with the way the game is trending now, most games, you know, you see Penn State probably in not a lot of three linebacker sets. It's more like you know either three or four down linemen, two your linebackers, you know, Sutherland, Jonathan Sutherland was kind of a tweener, or you have Daquan Hardy in the game, some four, two, five looks with the star position. Is is that, or is that reflected maybe in the pursuit of all these safeties in this class? Or is this just a nod to, Hey, we really like Zaki Wheatley and we really like Jalen Reed, but Kate Keaton Ellis isn't getting any younger. Jair Brown's, you know, Jair Brown is, is obviously out the door after a memorable career at Penn state. And we just need to stockpile that position. I think it's a combination of both of those things. Definitely the latter, you know, when you talk about Jair Brown moving on and uh, soon enough, Keaton Ellis will be, will be following him too. Uh, and so you like what you've seen in Jalen Reed and Zaki Wheatley, but uh, you'd like to reload that position. And it's a good year for that spot too. There's a lot of talented uh, safety types out there. And I say safety types because uh, a guy like Elliot Washington, for example, played corner uh at least you know most of his you know most of his high school career and he's listed as a db uh coming in uh to this class so he could play probably both positions uh dakari nelson is another really talented safety and a guy that penn state is happy uh to get signed sealed and delivered uh today because you know again another another player from the south he's from alabama uh he was the one who was at the auburn game when they when they played penn state he was there as an auburn recruit but didn't wear you know, gear for either team and was committed to Penn State at the time, which raised eyebrows. And then, you know, last month he visited Ole Miss, uh, you know, Anthony Poindexter and the defensive staff. They're happy to and relieved uh, to get him officially signed on for this class. He's another good one. Uh, but, yeah, I think th- there's possibility really always with with these safeties to move them to different positions, move them around the defense to have that you know, positional flexibility. Uh, we've seen with Jair Brown, you know, he. he he's kind of built like a guy that you would like to use across the defense and they have used him across the defense and in those prowler packages as a linebacker. So, you know, safety, they, they bring that defensive flexibility. I think Penn state wanted that. And that was uh, a real key for them in this class uh, to, to nail down that position. All right, Johnny McGonigal. I just have one more question here for you on the blue white breakdown. I don't know that there are a lot of people that had Hunter on their bingo card for the first maybe transfer portal edition for this uh, current cycle, but it sounds like that's exactly what's happened. I see that there is a punter, I believe, is it from Florida that is now a Penn State Nittany line? Is that, is that accurate? 
Yes. So, um, yeah, Riley Thompson, I believe is his, is his name. He's Australian. He was a freshman All-American from FAU. But because he's older, he only has one year of eligibility. So that's an interesting, an interesting little wrinkle. Uh, but he's a guy, look, Barney Amore is moving on. The, the real punt god uh, is moving on. And so Penn State needs to fill that spot. Alex Pacheca is a, is a guy that there's a lot of confidence in his, you know, just raw talent and his potential. Uh, but to bring in more of a, a seasoned punter can't hurt. And it's one of those where you just want to make sure that that's not an issue uh, in 2023. If you're, if you're hitting on all cylinders on offense, if your defense is doing its job, you just don't want special teams to lose you a game or two. Uh, that That's kind of how I see it. And if you're able to add some vet, a veteran presence and uh, and some more experience to that room, you might as well. All right. That's a wrap for this edition of the Blue White Breakdown. Johnny and I have to get back to it. There are some coaches to talk to later in the day. Check back on Penn Live for some recruiting updates. The Penn State's obviously not done. Some things could change in the next couple of days. but. Uh, Johnny, I know you and I are eventually going to be getting ready to go to California next week. But uh, in the meantime, try and have some fun this weekend once signing day is over. There might be a, a game on Christmas Eve that both you and I are looking forward to in NFL circles. Although some of the bloom is off my Dallas Cowboys rose, but I still will be rooting hard for that game. As I just want you to enjoy it. Have a good holiday. And I guess we'll talk soon. Yeah, looking forward to the impending trip to the Rose Bowl. Christmas, the holidays, you know, birds, cowboys, even if it is Gardner Minshew that's going to have to take out the boys. Hope all of our listeners have a really good holiday, a uh, great weekend. And uh, yeah, we'll touch back uh, next week when we're just about ready to head out to Pasadena. This has been the Blue White Breakdown brought to you by Penn Live. <laughs>